hey, Joe Casaboni here, and I'm just letting you know that how I built it is now Streamlined Solopreneur. So if you're seeing a new artwork and a new name in your podcast player, that is expected and by design. The new name better reflects the mission and really what has been the mission of this show for the last few years, and I'm really excited about it. All the links in the show notes and how I built it will still work, but the show also has a new home over at streamlined.fm if you want to check it out. Thanks so much for listening. A few weeks ago, we heard from John Warlow and why we need to make subscriptions a core part of our businesses. Someone who's done that really well is marketer and fellow creator Corey Haynes. As we record this episode, he was going through the biggest change his membership has ever seen, consolidating offerings, niching down, and increasing the price. And it was the best month that his membership has seen to date. Listen on to find out why and how he did it. Plus, in what I think is the best build something more yet, we talk about pricing, how to price as a creator, offerings, and the price to value ratios. You can become a member to hear that conversation over at howibuilt.it slash 243. So we'll get on with the interview. But first, I want to tell you about a new resource that I have for you. Now, as we get ready for all of the Black Friday deals and planning our business and moving into 2022, I want to tell you about this new automation resource I have. If you are looking to spend less time on the things that you don't need to do and become more efficient in 2022 and put out more content by delegating things to robots, things that you don't have to do yourself, you should check out this automation resource. It is an ideas guide, but it also has a bunch of templates. Some of those templates are usually only available to the members of the Build Something Club and the Creator Crew, but I've made them available to people who get this free resource. I'm giving it away over at howibuilt.it slash 243. So it'll be a few of my own Zapier templates, shortcuts for iOS and iPadOS, and a couple of IFTTT recipes. These are things that I use and can use to make a full-time business while also being there for my family. And while also putting out the amount of content I put out, these automations are integral to that. So if you're looking to save more time and spend your time in the right places, check out my free automation template and resource over at howibuilt.it slash two, four, three. Okay. Now, as I teased at the beginning of the episode, let's get on to this conversation with Corey Haynes. A conversation that, by the way, is brought to you by three fantastic sponsors, Nexus, te- uh, Nexus Text Expander, and Accessibility Checker by Equalized Digital. You'll hear about them later on in the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of How I Built It, the podcast that offers actionable tech tips to small business owners. My name's Joe Casabona. It is episode 243, and today's sponsors are Nexus and Text Expander. You'll hear about them later on in the show. But today, my guest is Corey Haynes, of, uh, the founder of Swipe Files. And I'm really excited to talk to Corey today because I, uh, I am part of his membership over at Swipe Files. He recently made some changes to it that I'm extremely interested in as somebody who's 
kind of going through the same thing. And as we move from uh, 2021 into 2022, I want to put more of a focus on uh, creators and recurring revenue and subscriptions and things like that. So between this interview and the interview uh, from a couple of weeks ago with John Warwillow, um, I think this will be a nice one-two punch. But first, let's bring in our guest, Corey. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Yeah, it's been an exciting week uh, just wrapping up the pricing change and making some updates and kind of like looping everyone in on the vision for SwiteFiles going forward. And so uh, it was a crazy couple of weeks, to be honest, uh, even a couple of months, really. Um, and now I feel like I'm kind of over the hill, finally. And <laughs> so it feels good. Nice. Doing good. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And like, because here's the thing, uh, like memberships are not easy. Like even if you do like the easiest uh tech stack, right? Which is probably like, I don't know, just getting like memberful or something like that, right? Um, like an all in one. Like, yeah, right. Memberful, buy me a coffee or whatever, Patreon, any of those. It's still hard, right? Because you gotta, you probably gotta connect certain things and um, put out like membership content. And, and so just like getting it launched is hard. And then if you wanna go through a change, which is the main thing we're gonna talk about today, um, now you have to think about, well, what about my current members? How am I going to make this as easy a transition for them? And, and just a whole bunch of other things that uh, hopefully nobody sees, right? Because it's, it's all going to be right. behind the scenes. Um, but first, before we dive into that, why don't you... Uh, so first of all, let me just say, I, I heard about you through a couple of other WordPress world podcasts, right? Uh, Joe Howard's... Um, WPMRR podcast and then uh, the Matt report from Matt Medeiros. So there was that one-two punch, and that's when after that's when I signed up for your membership. Um, but why don't you tell people a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, so my background is in B two B SaaS marketing. It's the world that I've fallen into and also fallen in love with. I really love that world. Um, and so I spent a few years uh, in a couple different startups. You know, as like the first marketing hire, essentially. And uh, going from zero to one and uh, doing a lot of, you know, kind of grunt work. Uh, the first startup I worked for, I call it my crash course in marketing. So I kind of just said like anything and everything, scraping, climb my way to MRR growth and, you know, some sort of marketing success. I was also the head of growth uh, at Bear Metrics for a while there. And then uh, for the last year or so, I've been out on my own. I sort of made the leap into consulting and my own projects, white files included. So I've been doing consulting for B2B SaaS startups, mainly like early stage, kind of zero to one stuff, which is a very hard, hard job, just by the way. It's not, I didn't pick the easiest niche. <laughs> I could have made my life a little bit easier, but this is the stuff I love and the people that I love. And, um, and, and then Swipe Files now is also sort of my, so it's a membership site, sort of the category, right? But uh, there are courses, community, do like a monthly office hours session. It started as basically like a newsletter. And as these things go, uh, sort of has evolved over time. And more recently, you know, niched back down to uh, SaaS marketing is really, you know, my bread and butter, what I love, my roots, expertise. I can talk about that all day long. So Swipe Files is to help people, uh, SaaS founders and marketers grow their MRR through SaaS marketing and, uh, and growth tactics. Awesome. That's fantastic. And uh, for uh, I know we've said MRR multiple times uh, between the two of us. MRR monthly recurring revenue. So that's 
a goal of a, of a lot of businesses. Again, I'll reference the the episode with uh, John Warwillow, who wrote like Built to Sell and the Automatic Customer. Um, oh yeah, right. Just like st- stuff that you as a business owner want to do because it makes your revenue more predictable, right? You're not always grinding it out to try to get a new client because you've got some monthly recurring revenue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it makes your life a lot easier, especially as a creator as well. Uh, I was actually just rereading an article from Lee Jin, who uh, I think she has Latelier Ventures now. She's like her own VC, kind of like micro fund of sorts. But she's like all about the creator economy and sort of like even coined that term, I believe. And yeah. she was talking about the... Uh, the, the middle class or like, I guess the missing middle class for creators actually. And how there's this very, like this power law effect where people at the top make a ginormous amount of money, absurd amount of money, you know, millions a year, hundreds of thousands a month. And then like everyone else is basically on like below minimum wage. They're in poverty. It's like, you know, you're making a couple hundred bucks a month and you know, you're, you're happy with like your first thousand dollars in sales. And there's this huge discrepancy and gap uh, and actually, one of the things that she talks about is how recurring revenue and subscriptions is like a really core part to uh, enabling and building the middle class for creators. Because you know, if you can make fifty to one hundred thousand dollars a year, um, that, that's a great living, right, for a creator. And a lot of that is uh, it's easily attainable, but also usually dependent on some sort of subscription. You know, a hundred to a thousand dollars a year in revenue per customer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that makes perfect sense, right? Because you do see, you see a lot of creators and this is not a dig at any of, any of them that I'm about to name, but like Amy Porterfield, uh, for example, right? Marketing made simple. I loved that in the beginning. And then like there was, there was a run maybe a year, a year and a half ago where it was like, oh yeah. So I spent like a hundred thousand dollars on Facebook ads and I made $10 million. <laughs> I'm like, this is not relatable to me anymore. Right. Um, and, and to an extent, you know, I, I would say that, um, Pat Flynn's, uh, Pat Flynn is a, yeah. a little bit similar, right? He's like talking about oh, starting yeah. his deep pocket monsters, YouTube channel. And he's like, you just got to do this. And I'm like, Pat, you have like literally thousands of people who will just follow whatever you do, like yeah. just whatever you do. Um, and that's great. That is great for them, but um, I think you're absolutely right about kind of the middle class. And you know, maybe hopefully in a couple of years, I'll listen to this and be like, "Oh yeah, I'm like there now." Uh, but um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of uh, there are a lot of creators who are struggling, and, and you're right, memberships and subscriptions. Even though people will say they're like subscription fatigued, uh, I think people will pay for the content that. Uh, that adds value for them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just one note on the subscription fatigue thing too. I think some of that is overblown a little bit. It's just like virtual signing or like people who like to make noise and talk about stuff, just like saying, you know, things that rouse up and sort of are controversial. Um, uh, I think that's mainly true from like a consumer perspective because we're seeing all sorts of streaming platforms and, you have all sorts of like, you know, subscriptions that you buy either monthly or annually, whether it's like insurance or Apple Care, your phone bill, Spotify, you know, like whatever you're watching for TV or streaming games, right? Um, I think that's true. But I think what is missing also is uh, you can't conflate that with like a business subscription. 
And now we're starting to see this emergence of like B2B content and B2B creators, uh, or even just like, you know, Patreon, like it's, it's not, it's like, instead of going to, uh, going to Hollywood video or blockbuster, you know, two decades ago to go rent a movie, you're spending five bucks a month on your favorite comedian instead. Right. Uh, or you're spending a hundred bucks a month to be a part of a mastermind or community to help you grow your business. Uh, or your side project, or whatever it is. Even if it's just like a creative outlet. Maybe it's art, or you're really nerding out on some sort of report or newsletter. Um, and that way, people don't have fatigue, right? It's uh, it's very, they're two different worlds. Yeah, that's exactly right. Because uh, one, I mean, consumers, right? You're spending for consumption. You're probably not making money off of your Netflix subscription. Um, right. <laughs> But you, you're you're paying for entertainment there, uh, and uh, also like the first couple of streaming services are positioned as like stop paying a hundred dollars a month for cable and do this instead. And now they're like, don't pay cable, but pay us directly, and it'll be like eighty bucks a month. Um, <laughs> but with uh, you know, uh, we're going to get into this in a minute because I think this is kind of the core of what we're talking about. You've kind of um, you're repositioning your membership a little bit. Um, or maybe like scaling it back down and giving it more focus. Um, I'm, I'm doing the same thing, right? Where I was just kind of like, pay me and I'll create extra stuff. And now I'm like, but but who can I, who can I help? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, what's my value proposition and what makes it worth paying me five, 10, 15 bucks a month, uh, to small business owners or creators. So, um, so with that, let's talk about swipe files a little bit. First of all, uh, what is a swipe file? Yeah, yeah. So a swipe file is uh, a word that marketers made up to describe basically what um, a lot of other people do in other industries. Uh, so you have like designers will have like a mood board. Um, you know, writers will have like a Zettelkasten, right? Or like authors mm-hmm. will have a Zettelkasten. Yeah. Um, today, sort of the hot word is like building a second brain, right? We're kind of just like saving and organizing information in a way where you can reference it later. So swipe file is basically that for marketing. So you're saving ads, emails, landing pages. You're taking little snippets of text and copywriting and images and the things that you find that are interesting uh, that you can reference later. So the original idea was... I was curating a swipe file with detailed commentary about why something works or doesn't work. I still have that, still a part of it. In fact, I'd like to get back to that one day. Uh, now it's sort of evolved past that. So swipe files is more like a brand, more than like a literal descriptor gotcha. of what people can get. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, that's what a swipe file is. Gotcha. So the name kind of originated from from the charge that you were making your swipe files like publicly available for yeah. some price, right? Exactly. Yeah, there's like multiple swipe files. There's the landing page swipe file, the ad swipe file, the email swipe file. And then you had like, you know, the B2B swipe file. And then you had the B2C, the e-commerce, the SaaS swipe file. And so swipe files, plural, you can reference multiple different swipe files, which is still true to a certain degree. Um, but it's, you know, this jargony word that us marketers know. Yeah, that well, and that's fantastic, right? Because I think it lends itself to to kind of maybe one pillar of what could be a good subscription or membership, which is curation, right? Um, Totally. I think, I think, I think that's under, maybe it's just in the people I talk to, but I think that's like a really underestimated, I think a lot of people think they need to put out original content, right? 
But like finding and curating content could be like harder and maybe more valuable, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think especially um, like the kind of framework or like the rule of thumb that I used to think about it is um, in whatever space or industry or um, thing uh, that you're in, if there's just like an abundance of it, then curation becomes more important. So you think about on a spectrum, right? If there's like a lot of abundance of this thing, then curation follows with importance. If there's low abundance or if there's no abundance, if there's sort of scarcity on the other end of the spectrum, then curation really doesn't have all that much importance because naturally it's easier to find content if there's only right. you know 10 things to filter through, right? Uh, and so today, usually like in basically every industry, there's a lot of saturation, there's a lot of abundance, there's a lot of content. Um, and so curation and it probably, you know, it's not going to go the other way, right? There's only going to be more and more. Right. <laughs> so we're sort of past the phase where curation wasn't important. Now pretty much forevermore curation is going to be very important. Yeah. Right. On like, a, I guess this is not really the same, uh, but like I was talking to my brother about this and I was kind of explaining, this is, this is a slightly weird tangent, but like rule 34, right? If you can think of it, it exists on the internet. Mm, um, right. I would advise you not Googling that, everybody who's listening. <laughs> um, but it's like kind of the same thing, right? If, if people are, are thinking about something and they, have, they can easily publish it um, via Twitter or whatever, right? Um, there's, there's room for curation, right? And again, in the WordPress space, I think we're seeing I'm subscribed to like a bunch of newsletters and uh, a lot of them cover the same stories. And so for my bi-weekly WordPress-based uh, podcast, I'm trying to highlight the big stories and then focus on kind of something else, right? Mm-hmm. You heard about all this other stuff in, in these other places. Here's my take on maybe a, a, a road less followed. Yeah. 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 And similar, I think like one step beyond curation is that sort of analysis and distillation piece where then you're like, not only will I tell you what to go read, I will also read it for you and tell you what, you know, is important about this thing. Right. And that way you're taking even more work out of the whole process. Um, I even just recently went through this with um, NFTs because I was like, this is fun. This is interesting. I'm not like super into it, but I want to follow along. And there's there's literally like hundreds of new projects launching every single day and the websites where you can follow along like it's it's like a twitter feed right it's just like yeah every second you refresh and there's like a few more things that you need to go click through and i'm like i would literally pay 10 bucks a month if someone could just be like here's all the interesting things summarized and then i don't have to worry about all the other stuff that i have to sift through and that way it's not consuming me like i have to spend all this time looking through to find it it's already packaged up for me and even like I said too, if they like analyze and these are the hot projects, these are not ones. You know, again, that's where the curation and analysis piece uh, really com- becomes valuable. Yeah, absolutely. And then you can screenshot those uh, curated pieces and mint them and sell them as an right. <laughs> right? That's how it works. I don't know. That's how it works I took, for sure. I took a picture of a receipt of a thing I bought, and now right. you can have that picture. Step um, one, yeah. Take picture. Step two, question mark. Step three, profit. It's yeah, yeah, sim- exactly. as simple as that. Perfect. Um, uh, you know, I think it's Morning Brew has a pretty good, like, free list of their coverage of crypto and NFTs. I'll have to find it for the show notes, but 
Morning Brew, speaking of curation, has been like my favorite newsletter in the morning. Mm, um, yeah. I got those joggers coming in. Uh, I don't know if you saw. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a, a high tier reward, isn't it? Uh, it's like, so they were doing it for like a couple weeks ago. They were saying, just refer five people this week and uh, we'll send you joggers. It has to be five new people. And really? uh, I have a big family. So I was just like, everyone sign up for this. I want these sweatpants. Amazing. Yeah. Perks of a big family, right? You just yeah, exactly. Get all the reward milestones. Yeah, I've got <laughs> both my parents and I've got three brothers. Boom, that's five. <laughs> there we go. Easy peasy. Yeah. Um, that they, they made it a little bit harder because you got to go through like their onboarding process. But luckily, my, my family persevered and I have sweatpants because of it. Um, <laughs> so I'll, I'll link my affiliate link to Morning Brew. This episode is brought to you by Nexus. Look, I know what it's like to spend too much time managing your website instead of your business. In fact, the previous host for this very show made it harder for me to focus on creating content because I was always trying to fix some problem with my website, especially on new episode days. And that's why I switched to Nexus. With Nexus's managed WordPress hosting, I don't have any problems to fix because Nexus fixes them for me usually before I even know about them. I don't need to worry about my site going down on new episode days or updates or backups. I don't even need to worry about plugin vulnerabilities. Nexus has me covered. That's why I can be so consistent. And now they have membership sites with WP Quick Start. A membership site, especially if you're a creator or small business owner like me, can be a fantastic way to increase revenue. But there are too many moving parts for most people who just want to set something up and start making money. Membership sites with WP Quick Start does it all for you. That is great hosting. So check out Nexus today if you want a website and not a project. For a limited time, you can get 50% off your first six months. Just go to howibuilt.it slash nexus. N-E-X-C-E-S-S. That's howibuilt.it slash Nexus for 50% off your first six months. Thanks so much for Nexus for being a sponsor of How I Built It. So Swipe Files kind of started off as this one thing or a newsletter, then it turned into this one thing. And then you have uh, this membership. And I mean, I think people who have listened to this, this show for a long time now, I'm not a marketer. In fact, marketing is my absolute weakest skill, right? Like I'm, I can build stuff on the web. I'm great at talking, uh, and uh, I, I can think of third things for the rule of three. Uh, but marketing is just my my worst. Um, so, I guess my question is. How did you hook people like me in swipe files, right? Maybe you don't know the answer to this. Maybe it's hard, but I feel like we touched on this. You kind of expanded swipe files out and then are are contracting it now. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, it started as just like um, anyone who wanted to learn marketing, get better at marketing. Uh, and then with the community aspect as well, when I introduced that, it was... If you're remotely interested and in meeting other people interested in marketing, you know, join this community and you'll be connected and you can sort of meet those types of people and learn through osmosis, right? Kind of the proximity rule a little bit. Uh, but now it's contracting back down to SaaS marketing. And so it's mainly kind of these three personas of uh, founders, 
SaaS marketers or in-house marketers or freelance marketers, and then like agency owners and service providers, you know, product services, people who are in the space but aren't uh, in a company, right? They service a SaaS company. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, evolved again from like, I had like these disparate courses that I'd created. I had the community, I had the newsletter, I had the two teardowns, stuff like that. Now it's all being bundled into one single membership. And that includes all the courses. So the two I've already created, including one, uh, I'm now in the process of creating this office hours kind of monthly session, which is a new, basically I do like the first half is uh, a new kind of innovative tactic. Second half is questions and answers. That way people have direct access to me and they can get their questions answered, whether it's you know urgent or not. Um, and then the community. And so that's also for anything else. People want to get connected. They're looking for help. They have a question. Uh, they want input. They need a form you know, filled out, things like that. Uh, they can just share what they're working on and just feel connected, build some community. Um, so that's the memberships, kind of those three core components now. Great. And and as you said, that's all included in in one price now, right? Yeah, in one tier. Yeah. yeah. Previously I, I had I had played around with a couple of different uh parts. You know, I started with a, a monthly, quarterly, and annual subscription. The annual subscription started at ninety nine a year. Uh and then the monthly at like twenty nine dollars a month because I knew that it would have higher churn. Mm-hmm. And if if people want to just like come in and basically pay for like uh, a paid trial, then that's essentially what they could do. Quickly got rid of the monthly and quarterly, just stuck with the annual. And then I also experimented with tacking on the courses into like what I call the all access membership. Uh-huh. So it was $3.99 once that renewed into $99 a year because someone could come in and binge all the content right. and then like peace out. And I would only right. get, you know, 99 bucks. And so that yeah. would suck. So I had to charge more for that. And now, just recently, the last week, Increase the the base membership, which is the single membership tier. Now there was pro all access, is two ninety nine a year. Um, partly also because one, I feel like the value proposition is very clear. Uh, but two, uh, it was actually so it all started with my creator mastermind. I'm a part of the a group of I think there's seven, maybe it's five other people. Can't remember. There's either six or eight of us. They're all. Uh, I'm, I actually feel like I'm kind of like the lower, like the lowest part of the totem pole on like the rankings of how well people are doing, but mm-hmm. we're all in a similar stage, you know, of like, um, high five figures, low six figures revenue. We're not famous by any means, but we're successful and have some sort of following. Right. Yeah. Um, and so we do this monthly meeting with mastermind and I had sort of brought up my topics and everyone was like, wait, so why don't you just focus on SaaS marketing? And I was like, blah, blah, like fumbling with my words. Like, I don't really have like a great reason, especially now. I'm like, wait, so why are you only charging 99 bucks a year? Like you're providing way more value. Like this can literally generate millions of dollars in annual recurring revenue and you're charging a hundred bucks a year. Like people would pay way more. Like you need to pay way more. And I was like, ah, oh, you're right. And so I'm following that. I'm, I'm listening to them, trusting my trusted advisors and, and friends. Um, and eventually actually in December, it's going to go up to 499 a year. I think that's probably where it'll stay. They were actually really pushing for a thousand to two thousand dollars a year because yeah. again, there's a very clear business use case of if you're a SaaS company, you want to grow. Like literally, if you go to my membership page, the value proposition is, "Hey, want your MRR graph to look like this?" And it's a picture of a, of an MRR graph that's up and to the right, right? Which is yeah. what everyone wants. They want to see right. consistent growth. They want to have a plan, a marketing engine that works for them, and that's what I teach people how to do. And so there's a ton, a ton of value in there. 
where the ROI uh, can be had in a month, right? It's a very quick time to value if they just go and implement even a few things. Um, so that was kind of the impetus and Genesis story for making that change. This episode is brought to you by Accessibility Checker by Equalize Digital. One of the best things I did for this podcast was set up transcripts. Sure, there's some SEO juice for that reason, but it's mostly for accessibility. I wanted those who could not listen to the show to still get the content. But that's just one aspect of running anything online, from a podcast to a digital business. That's why you need Accessibility Checker. Accessibility Checker is an automated accessibility scanning tool to help your WordPress website become and stay accessible. The plugin helps designers, developers, and content creators make and keep their websites WCAG and ADA compliant, something that has been of increasing importance lately. But it also does this better than everything else out there because the data stays on your server, so it's privacy-focused. It's real accessibility and not an overlay that fakes accessibility and also puts a target on your back. It gives you reports on the post-edit screen, so content creators can identify and fix problems before hitting publish. And best of all, it lets you scan your entire site once and fast-track remediation efforts for an affordable price. Thanks to Accessibility Checker, I learned that I was using headings the wrong way, and I've been able to fix that problem and update posts as needed. And right now, you can get 50% off. If you run any website for you or your project or your clients, you need to make sure it's accessible. And with Accessibility Checker being 50% off, it's something you can't afford to pass up. Just head to equalizedigital.com slash how I built it to claim that sweet discount. That's equalizedigital.com slash how I built it to get 50% off. Make sure your website is a website for everyone today. Thanks to Accessibility Checker and Equalize Digital for supporting the show. So first of all, your, your mastermind advised you to do this. Maybe in build something more, we could talk about masterminds. Um, but, uh, I, I like that you're, first of all, you said your value proposition was very clear. I think this is something that's really important that is an afterthought for a lot of people who are like, I'll just charge a membership, right? Because right. I've seen, I mean, especially since I've been thinking about it, right? Um, I tried to launch my first one in like 2017 after my podcast hit like 50,000 downloads in nine months. I thought that, I mean, I was told that was a lot. That's a lot. Um, but that doesn't, convert to people willing to throw money at you. And I just kind of stole other people's perks. Um, and that's like not what you should do either. And so uh, when I relaunched my membership in, in January, I, I kind of thought, why, why are people listening, right? Five bucks a month for extra content, I think is good. I also had this other membership at Creator Courses where I sell all of my courses in a membership. And so now I'm I, I want to bring them all together under the banner of uh, the creator crew is probably what I'm going to call it. And I'm going to focus on helping creators create more easily, helping creators make money creating content. But that's more than just like, give me money to create content. Like I literally yeah. read uh, a website, like website copy recently that was like, 
give us money to pay our salaries. And I'm like, that's not a value proposition. Like that's, everybody wants to get paid to do what they want to do. Totally. Um, Yeah. I mean, you have to map it back to what people want. People are very inherently selfish. It's always the question is, well, what's in it for me? Like, what do I get out of this relationship? Because it's a two-sided exchange, right? So I give you money. What do I get in return? And the funny part is that um, I think that actually, you know, early on, Patreon was really onto something because it was basically like donations, but for not nonprofits, right? For creators and artists and comedians. And it was just like, yeah, if you like like this person, you want to see them succeed, pay you know, a dollar a month, two dollars a month, five bucks right. a month. If you're like a baller and you want some sort of like badge of honor, pay a hundred bucks a month, right? Right. But then there like wasn't really anything. There wasn't much that the creator was on the hook to deliver on. Now that sort of changed. I think that's because there's an abundance of creators these days. So now it's like, well, you want my, my money and you want my money and like, okay, so who would I give it to? Right. I only have so many, and that's kind of where the subscription fatigue, quote unquote, comes in a little bit. Um, but you have to have a really clear and tight value proposition. And it has to map back to you. What is the transformation that you're helping people achieve? Like, what is the value that they're getting out of this thing? You know, it's a value proposition. What are you proposing will bring value to their life? Um, and I mean, even for me as a marketer, right, it's hard to really distill down on um, how am I helping people and how do I package this up and then like talk about this in a way that's compelling and interesting and unique. I think especially marketing your own products is really, really tough because you get inside your head and you sort of can't see the forest or the trees and you're sort of in the weeds and you don't really know how other people think about it. So, I mean, a quick hack for that is you just go ask other people to describe your product and the value uh, for you, either through a survey or through conversations or emails or DMs, something like that. Um, You know, but for me, when I when I knew that I wanted to niche down and focus again on SaaS marketing, uh, I'd spent like literally an hour just sitting here in this desk chair thinking like, what is the most, like if I really had to distill it down, how could I package this up and, and communicate this in a way that's so crystal clear? Like this is ultimately the thing that people want. So there's a few different levels like to nerd out here for a second. Yeah. Of, like value propositions, you have the, uh, like basically the feature or like the functional value of something. And that would be like, you know, we're using uh, Zencaster and that's like, you know, you would describe the value as, uh, you know, uh, recordings in the browser, right? Um, or, or something about stability or uptime right. or something about like Interview, video streaming, right. right? I don't have to tell my, I don't have to tell my guest to record their own audio because Zencaster does it for me or whatever. So, so that would be a level up. That's kind of the next level where it's like a, a okay. social value, right? So now it's kind of like, how does this relate to, to other people, to how other people view you, to your relationship with other people? So for me, you know, you're like, hey, you don't have to do X, Y, and Z because Zencaster will do the, the video streaming or we'll do the local recording for you, right? Uh, and then we have like an emotional value, um, which is sort of like a, uh, the peace of mind that it gives you or the feeling of triumph or a victory. And then at the very top, it's basically like, this is ultimately the transformation that you're trying to help people achieve, right? So for if you're selling like Beachbody products, it's like the ultimate thing at the end of the day is a six pack. Let's be honest. Like yeah. you want this thing. Sure, you're going to feel better about yourself. Sure, it's going to change the way you your friends see you and your relationship. Sure, you're going to feel better and you're going to be healthier as well, like the functional things. But at the end of the day, the transformation that you want is a six-pack. So when I thought about 
for swipe files, what is that ultimate transformation? What is the ultimate value proposition? Like everyone just wants to see their MRR grow. And how do people normally communicate that? Through their analytics, through their charts. You know, I was the head of growth at Barometrics. I would know this, right? This is what people look at and stare at all day long. They just want to see that graph keep ticking up into the right. Um, and so, but it takes a lot of digging, you know, it's really like a whole self-discovery exercise through the lens of your business and your products and the things that you put out there in the world, which is not easy. It's, it's a hard exercise. Yeah. Um, as we speak, I, I have, I think I've come to a good conclusion about my own value, my own ultimate transformation. So this is, y'all, this is like 60% of the reason I started this podcast. Yes, I'm an educator. I love teaching, but I feel like I'm getting a free consulting call here with, with, Corey. Um, I feel that way about the uh, the guests I interview on my podcast too. So you're not alone. It's definitely yeah. like one of the main one of the main benefits for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, awesome. Well, that was great. So I'm going to recap that really quick because I think this is important to repeat. Levels of value prop feature, describing what it does. Social, how does this relate to other people and what value does it bring there? Emotional, the peace of mind uh, that this thing brings you. And then ultimately the transformation you're a you're trying to achieve, whether it's uh, that six pack or for me, just my belly not jiggling when I brush my teeth. Like that's all I really want. Um, that's a Kevin James joke. I can't take credit for that. Um, so, or, uh, you know, people who want to be freed from client work and just get paid to create their own content. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, so, for me, that like that's my ultimate goal. If someone were yeah. selling someone to me, I'm like, how does this help me? get to default a lab? How does this help me like replace my salary? Basically, yeah. that's all I care about at the end of the day. Sure, there's like all sorts of things around how does this help my members and how does this help me be more productive and how does this help me feel better about the way that I'm doing things, the value of But like at the end of the day, I care about, you know, um, the revenue that's coming through the door and how much of it is coming through the door. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so I think we have a good overview of of everything um, for like kind of why this came about and and how you did it. I just want to ask you like, wh- were you nervous making the change? Like, were you nervous about the backlash uh, yeah. or like implementing it? So nervous. In fact, I was like, why am I doing this like right now? Um, because it's so much work and preparation, and I just felt like, all right. The interesting part about this is that it's one of those things where. You can like sit down and plan for as long as you want. Uh, and this whole process could take like a year if we really wanted to. And some companies do, you know, when they right. roll out pricing changes or new memberships or new products that it takes forever. But I was like, I know what I want to do. And as soon as I like push down the first domino, then the second one's going to go. And then like, I kind of have to do this really quickly. Yeah. So I was like, you know, I have to be ready for what I'm getting myself into. And um, so once I... Once I mapped out, like, here's what the new membership is going to look like. Here's the way I'm going to describe it. I had the landing page done. Then, I mean, it's fairly simple, but it's also kind of complicated actually making the switch. One, of course, you want to communicate that to your members or prospective members. Um, So I sent out an email to my entire list, uh, members included, basically just describing, hey, here's what's going on. Here's the changes, just so you know. Um, and there was, you know, it was not without its hiccups, and I'll list those because I think right. that that's an important part of the story here. Uh, one that same week, uh, my basically I, I own SwipeOuts.com, but I'm paying for it on a payment plan through the registrar that I bought it through because it was 
not a ginormous sum, but more than I'm comfortable just like seeing go out the door yeah. in one fell swoop. Uh, and it's an old registrar. And basically what happened is I was using the email forwarding to my email, Corey at swipehouse.com. And that broke right as I was making the updates. So people are asking me questions like, hey, really cool stuff. But like, what about this? What about this? And I'm not getting them. The emails mm. are, are bouncing. So I have to figure that out. Number two, I didn't realize that um, member stack didn't support uh, one-time charges when you're upgrading. If, or basically, if you're just changing uh, membership plans. Uh, so that also threw a wrench in basically like me trying to transition members over to new products or like trying to do some sort of upsell to a certain degree. Uh, there was also, you know, just things around, um, you know, members being confused about, is my price going up? No, like there's legacy pricing. Once you lock in that price, you have it forever. So I'm trying to get as many people on the 99 bucks a year plan before it goes to 299. It's going to be the same thing for when it goes to 499. But like some people are like, oh no, the prices are going up. And they yeah. didn't get to the part where I'm like, nothing changes for you. <laughs> so right, there was some right. churn, just a small amount. And, uh, and some people come back or I sort of, you know, clear that up with them. Um, also, some people were not SaaS marketers or into SaaS. So they're like, peace out. This is not for me. And that's t- completely fine. And right. I have to make my peace with that. That is completely reasonable, understandable, and okay. But still a bummer to see, uh, to see the churn happen. And I'm happy for that. You know, it's, it's uh, not surprising, right? But that's sort of one of the, the things you have to be okay with is maybe just people don't want the new membership or the new focus or the new thing that you're going to be doing. Um, even early on, you know, I had a really heavy emphasis on the community. And now it's more of like a come for the content, stay for the community instead of right. come for the community and stay for the content. So it's kind of reversed there and that's not, you know, for everyone. So there's a lot of like mental hurdles that you have to overcome. And that just takes a while, right? People just, in fact, um, Derek Reimer, the founder of SavvyCal, who I do marketing for, he was like, hey, I just had someone ping me and was like, isn't Swipe Files that thing where like he writes like the teardowns and he was like, you know, no, like try to explain like the new membership. And sometimes you just, just, there's that first impression that you have to, you know, reteach people. And so there's that you have to overcome. Um, So anyways, uh, I digress on that a little bit, but um, then, you know, it's, it's pretty seamless. You swap out a button, you make a new membership and then you like make sure everything like works right. You know, I've checked my Zapier, checked ConvertKit, Mm -hmm. checked like, you know, or is there anything else? I'm probably missing something, right? Um, and then you announce it, and you make the change, and it's no big deal. You answer questions. I answered a bunch of questions over email. I figured out all that stuff. Um, but then it's live, and I just saw today. Even my first new trial came in under the first new plan. Um, nice. But, I mean, also, just FYI, th- this month has been the best month of all time because there is that urgency to lock in the legacy price. Uh, and so it's not all bad, right? This month has been fantastic. Really, really grateful everyone who's sort of buying into it and uh, and upgrading. And uh, I hope there will be another one of those events when I make the next kind of price increase to yeah. the final destination for me. This episode is brought to you by Text Expander. In our fast-paced world, things change constantly, and errors in messaging often have significant consequences. With Text Expander, you can save time by converting any text you type into a keyboard shortcut called a snippet. Say goodbye to repetitive text entry, spelling, and message errors, and trying to remember the right thing to say. 
When you use Text Expander, you can say the right thing in just a few keystrokes. Text Expander lets you make new approved messaging available to every team member instantly with just a few keystrokes, ensuring your team remains consistent, current, and accurate. Text Expander can also be used in any platform, any app, and anywhere you type. So take back your time and increase your productivity. But that's not all it does. With its advanced snippets, you can create fill-ins, pop-up fields, and more. You can even use JavaScript or AppleScript. I can type out full instructions for my podcast editor, hi Joel, in just a few keystrokes. Another one of my favorite and most used snippets is PPT. This will take whatever text I have on my clipboard and convert it into plain text. No more fighting formatting if I'm copying from Word or any place else. Last month, I saved over two hours in typing alone. That doesn't even take into the account the time I saved by not having to search for the right link, text, address, or number. You have no idea how many times I want to type out a link to a blog post or an affiliate link and I can't remember it and then I have to go searching for it. That generally takes minutes, but since I have a text expander snippet, it takes seconds. Text Expander is available on macOS, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. I've been using it a lot more on my iPhone lately because I've been working from my iPhone more uh, because there are days when I'm just not in front of my computer right now. If you've been curious about trying Text Expander or simple automation in general, now's the time. Listeners can get 20% off their first year. Just visit textexpander.com slash podcast and let them know that I sent you. Thanks so much to Text Expander for sponsoring the show. And now let's get back to it. As this episode comes out, uh, it comes out the week of Black Friday, if I'm oh, perfect. Um, so, I mean, talking about that urgency is, um, I mean, I guess if I'm, if I'm publishing this episode, the week of Black Friday, the cat's out of the bag. Um, but uh, you know, I'm I'm going to convert my a la carte courses to membership only, right? Um, I yeah. think that's something again that that I keep mentioning John's episode, but he kind of convinced me in that moment, and then I saw you kind of doing a similar thing. And really, if you if you want that MRR uh, and you want to create the value um, and you want to keep people engaged, I think it's it's really the smart move to make. And then I can bundle it all in in this one value prop, which is you're a creator and you want to make money creating. Like you are tired of the yeah. client grind and you want to make money creating content. And so Black Friday week will be the last week that people can buy courses a la carte. Mm. Um, like starting like December 1st, it'll be membership only. And it'll probably be like one ninety nine a year or something like that. So yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, so creating that urgency is important. Um, uh, and then with the hiccups, kind of what I've noticed because with the membership, I've done a couple of switches now. I was it, it was on one site and then I moved it to another site, and because I just rushed these decisions, like ship fast and break things or whatever. <laughs> um, the hiccups. If, most people are going to be understanding. Oh yeah, of the hiccups, right? Like I actually had a, a member let me know today that he was charged twice. Somehow Stripe created two subscriptions for him, and it's just five bucks a month. But he was like, "I'm not really worried about the five bucks. I'm just letting you know that there's there might be some issue." And I'm like, 
that's really nice because some people would be like, how dare you maliciously (laughs) me an extra $5? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, most people uh, are very, very understanding. I mean, I was... I was talking about that with uh, with my friend last night. Because one, he was asking, you know, well, like, would you still offer your courses a la carte if you wanted to? And I was like, no, because at the end of the day, someone can subscribe for one year and it basically be the same price. In fact, it'd be cheaper as, as if they were uh, compared to if they were to buy it a la carte. Um, but two, uh, like, the risk versus reward just isn't there. Like, it, this is going to work for the vast majority of people. There's going to be a small amount of people who aren't going to be happy with it. Right, and that I'm I'm okay with that. You can't please everyone. Um, you have to do what's best for you, and ultimately, that should be what's also best for your customers, for your members. And so, it's always gonna you know there are people that just will get mad about anything and everything. So, if you made it cheaper, people would have been mad about that uh, because they paid more before. If you made it more, they're gonna be mad because you know they didn't get the discount before, and it's just. Right. Trade-offs, right? Yeah, and 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 frankly, those people are are not the people who are are seeing the value proposition for what it is, right? Perfect no. example is my accountant, Rachel. She's amazing. I think she's like super booked, but if anybody needs an accountant, I'll happily recommend her. <laughs> um, I was paying her quarterly to do my P and Ls and payroll stuff, and she messaged me and she's like, "Hey, I just want to give you a heads up. Next month, I'm going to start. I'm going to get rid of the quarterly plan, and I'm going to do a monthly plan at the same price." So my price like quadrupled, and I'm like, "Rachel saves me literally thousands of dollars each year. Like, there's no way I'm not going to pay her whatever she asks me. Basically, um, right. she knows right. if I can afford it or not, right? <laughs> so yeah, right. uh, <laughs> and it, it's happily right because I have questions. I'm growing the business and. So it was like um, momentarily like, oh, this is another expense. But then it was like, yeah, but I mean, come on. She has shown, she's proved, she's proved the value that she provides. Yeah. 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 You can't, you can't get too in your head about it. Um, You know, it was a short window. I gave people a week notice. Uh, I originally was going to increase the price every month by a hundred dollars a year to kind of like ease people into it. Yeah, more excuses to talk about it. I was going to give people a month notice for the first kind of price bump and increase. And then again, I was talking to the creator mastermind. They're like, no, no, no. That's like way too complicated. Way too much time. Give them like a week max notice and then just make like two changes max. Um, Because it's actually that urgency works in your favor. Like people need a month to decide. In fact, it's probably even like more angst and anxiety and work for them to mull over for a long time. Like just make it easy for them. Make it a week, two weeks max. Right. Right. Um, and then as many, like as little decisions as possible is better. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think that's perfect. And speaking of as, as little decisions as possible, first of all, we're coming up at the, uh, on the end of our main episode time in build something more, uh, I didn't make a note about what we were going to talk about, but I have a second thing, and it's about that pricing monthly, quarterly, annually. Because mm-hmm. uh, I'm very, I, that's exactly what I offer uh, for the creative crew right now. And I'm really interested in, in, in that. So we'll talk about price psychology and, and hopefully, I can't believe I did this. Oh, masterminds. I did make a note. Um, and if you're a member, you can get these haphazard notes as a PDF. Um, <laughs> You can sign up over at buildsomething.club to get the PDF and the extra conversation. Corey and I had a good pre-show and we're going to have, I think, a really good post-show. So yeah, um, 
but before <laughs> but before we do that, I need to ask you uh, my favorite question, which is, do you have any trade secrets for us? Oh, my trade secret. You know, oh, it's such a bummer because I thought about this for a long time beforehand. Oh, I got it. I remembered it. Okay. Um, my trade secret, and this relates to everything I talked about today, is that creators have to think about product market fit just like startup founders do. Um, when I first started Swipe Files, I didn't really think about product market fit all that much. The idea basically being, how do you build a product that is perfectly suited and tailored for a specific market? And then once you figure out what that thing is, then you can sort of scale it and get traction and you know and grow your revenues from there. But first, you have to crack that first uh, that first equation of product market fit. And it's like, oh, like creator, like you're creating content. It's not rocket science, right? You just post about there, people will pay for it. Or, you know, you sort of figure it out along the way. And then, you know, a year into it, I'm like, ah, oh, like I still feel like I haven't really <laughs> cracked it. Like it doesn't, it doesn't feel like I have product market fit. It's one of those things that's very like elusive. Um, so my, my point is, I think that this whole like SaaS marketing training, single membership is finally like my product market fit. And I've felt that and I've heard that and I'm really confident in it. Jury's still out. I mean, but so far, based on the, the, the results this month, it's been like a lot more traction than I've even seen in the last couple of months. Um, and so you have to search for a product market fit. You have to think very particularly about like what is a one, like we talked about, an easy value proposition that just clicks and makes sense to uh, the products and you can actually deliver on. And three, something you can do sustainably that you love, that you enjoy. Because um, you don't want to be, uh, you know, like caught into creating something and delivering something that you don't actually find enjoyable. Because uh, creator burnout is super, super easy. Content treadmill, it's really hard. Um, you want to be doing something that you can do sustainably. And um, I really like creating course content and sort of like asynchronously helping people one-on-one. Uh, uh, -on -one. So this is the model that I found worked best for me. It's going to look different for every single person, but think about product market fit. Don't just, you know, spaghetti test everything and put stuff out yeah. willy-nilly and make everything a la carte, right? You want to really think about product market fit. And that's my trade secret for creators from the startup world. Oh, that's incredible. And and resonates so much with me because again, kind of what we were talking about before. Uh, well, I mean, you you were right about Patreon, right? Because Patreon kind of support artists making their art was kind of the first um, like big uh, uh, grab for Patreon. Um, and it was kind of the same in the WordPress space too. It was just like a bunch of companies wanted to support people doing WordPress stuff. Um, but now we're very much beyond that. And you do need to think about product market fit and why people are going to pay you. I think a, a great piece of advice I got from a YouTube consultant, because I've been doing a lot of, I've grown my YouTube channel like considerably since the pandemic started. Really? Wow. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, it was like, I was at like, I don't know, less than 500 subscribers. Now I'm at almost 2,000. Um, Amazing. Just like, and I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm just kind of putting out content every week like that. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, he said to me, look at all of your videos and unlist any uh, that you can't say yes to this question. If it goes viral, do I want to keep making these videos? Because that's mm -hmm. what ultimately you have to do on, on YouTube. I mean, TikTok too, right? Like you see, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
the God, the lead singer of uh, Parachute, Will, last name I forget, but you know he does those funny TikToks where it's like behind the scenes of songs being created, um, and like the Law and Order one blew up, and then he just had to do that for like two straight years. <laughs> um, so you know, I think it's a really good. Do something sustainable so that you don't get burnt out. I absolutely love that. Um, Corey, this has been fantastic. Again, in Build Something More, we're going to be talking about, I said masterminds in the beginning, maybe we'll touch on that, but I'm, I really want to talk to you about pricing models and why you decided to kind of mix monthly and quarterly and go for yearly and, and, and vices in virtue of that. So um, again, if you're not a member, you can sign up. You can get all of the show notes and become a member over at howibuilt.it slash 243. If people want to know and learn more about you, Corey Haynes, where can they find you? Yeah, they can find me on Twitter, which is I'm most active, at Corey Haynes Co. Uh, also, my personal site has a list of all my projects and more about me. It's coreyhaynes.co. Swifels.com to join uh, the newsletter, which will also basically very quickly siphon you to find the membership as well. And you can use the code howibuiltit for half off the membership, which I believe by the time this comes out will be close to that $4.99 kind of cusp. Uh, and so whether it's at $2.99 or $4.99, it'll be half off. So they'll be getting the, a good deal anyways if they want to sign up. And there's a seven-day free trial as well, uh, but just for your members. Awesome. Uh, yeah, fantastic. Well, uh, so if you are listening and you're like, I want to learn more about uh, well, I am you. I Corey outlined his his target audience, but it's been super valuable for me. Um, uh, as as uh, someone who's not really in SaaS marketing, right, which is is kind of the main value prop, but it's been really valuable for me. And if you're part of the Build Something Club and Corey's okay with this, I will release this code to them yeah, a little totally. bit. Later. Yeah. So, uh, big perk of being in in the Build Something Club is. You get to hear about deals like this before, like probably like a month before everybody else. So um, awesome. Corey, this has been so great. Thanks so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks to everybody listening. Once again, those show notes where you can get the uh, link and the discount code and the sign up for, for my membership and everything we talked about over at howibuilt.it slash 243. If you are a member, be sure to stick around for Build Something More. Thanks so much to our sponsors, Nexus and Text Expander. And until next time, get out there and build something.